Hello and welcome to the Beyond 1% podcast powered by the 1% campaign by Sir Robert McAlpine. This series is all about empowering and inspiring women both on and off site. We will be smashing the types and confronting the realities of building a career in construction as a woman. You'll hear from industry powerhouses as we discuss everything from knowing your rights to getting ahead of the game in a traditionally male-dominated environment. I'm joined by three paradigm-breaking women today with extensive careers in construction. So to my three guests, who are you? So hello, I'm Paula. Uh, I work for Sir Robert McAlpine on the Year 19 project. And I previously had Sir Robert McAlpine work for me when I was construction manager on the SNF project. Hi, my name is Claire. I am a chief engineer with Sir Robert McAlpine. I'm currently on maternity leave with my second child, but um, I'm due to return back to work in November back to Battersea Power Station where I previously was employed. I've worked as an engineer in the UK for over five years and previously that was in Australia as well as Ireland. Hi everyone, my name is Michelle Hans. Um, I'm the only one I think that doesn't work for Sir Robert McAlpine. I'm a freelance site engineer and land surveyor and I've been in the industry for 15 years. I've got my own business where I have a group of clients that I do work for on a weekly and monthly basis. But I'm currently also on maternity leave. I worked right the way up to 38 weeks pregnant, which was only four weeks ago. So I'm excited to kind of document my journey through social media as I normally do. Talk about how being a woman in construction and being self-employed and being a mom too can actually work. Thank you all. So obviously two of you touched on something which is unique to being women in construction. So we'll go back to the 1% thing, but did you know it was 1% of women who work on the tools in construction? And what your what were your thoughts when you heard that statistic? Start with you, Claire. I was surprised it was as much as 1%. <laughs> I think it probably was that I know, very, unfortunately, very few women that do actually work on the tools. So 1%, whether it's rounded up to 1%. But yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't surprised, to be honest, which is sad. Same way with, yeah, the percentage of female engineers. I think it's only 5% of, of actually engineers are charged engineers as well in any of the bodies. So, I mean, that is quite a low figure. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent probably a good 10 years working as a site engineer before I actually looked up and realised that there were no other women that I'd come across in the industry. So when I started to do more public speaking and uh, tell my story on social media, that's when I started to look into the figures and yeah I think I was shocked at the start and then when I started to discuss certain topics and issues with other women that are actually on tools then it wasn't so much of a shock to me um, and I fell into construction so I guess I realised that not many women will choose the career path from a young age so yeah a little bit of both I know it's a contradictory answer for you there. Well it's a laid question so um, <laughs> thank you Paula. Yeah, like with the other ladies, I was also surprised. Very rarely worked with a, a female on site. Worked with quite a few in the office, and I'm now aware that we have quite a few at Sir Robert McAlpine in Scotland and the north that, that do jobs in the office and on site. But I do think that we're quite unusual and that, generally speaking, the numbers are extremely low and 1% is probably rounded up. Okay, so that's a very indicative experience, and you all seem to think that was a high number. So which is alarming, which um, when you were at university, did you get a vibe that that was a similar thing? Was there a better different spread? Did you have, well, what was it like, I guess, when you first first went to university to follow your trade and pathway up to where you are now? 
so myself, I was quite unusual that I did actually have a relatively high percentage of female cohort, both on my apprenticeship, where I was employed by Cleveland County Council, and also on my degree, where there was four female engineers being trained into civil engineering degree. But then since I went into the workplace, it's obviously been an awful lot less. Do you have any reasons or insights as to why you think that well, was the case? So the people that, that I did my degree with, they, they went far and wide. They weren't actually from Teesside where I studied. So it was not ex- unexpected that they actually didn't come and work you know, close to where I was. And so I didn't touch base with them. Why is it like that? It doesn't feel like it's an attractive option for people. But I think mainly if you don't see people doing things, you you can't really relate and and think that's what you can do. I think it's a self-perpetuating situation that because there isn't very many of us, we don't have very many people to showcase, which means that few fewer people think that they can come into the industry. Yeah, that's a that's a very powerful statement you make there and indicative to anything in a minority position. So Claire, Michelle, I like similar thoughts, university and why you think whatever sort of insights you come from that. Yeah, I think that's the same. I think similar. Probably when I think of the one percent, I think of more trades, are sort of like plumbers, carpenters. I think with female engineers in my class, at the university there was fifty-fifty split. But a lot of people went into sort of more consultancy-based design work rather than the actual construction. But I think that people don't realise, and it's probably not a, even just a female thing. It's young male and female sort of candidates don't realise the depth and wealth of opportunity that there actually is in the construction industry and also the vast array of jobs there is. I mean, you can do a multitude of different jobs in a multitude of different countries, different projects with the actual construction industry. The same thing as what Paul was saying, that is to have role models and people to speak about their experiences, that when you see a construction site, you see a big hoarding that says no entry, keep out, which is not very sort of welcoming for people to come into the industry. But whereas to try and get more examples and showcase different people's roles and different people's experiences in the industry and to try and encourage more people in, I think would be a good way to go. Yeah, I'd agree with Claire on that. And my route in was a little bit different. So I actually didn't do civil engineering as a degree. I did geography. And what's really important, like you said, there is there's so many different roles in construction. So I actually became a site engineer through the process of getting a summer job as a materials tester, working within constructions, but working with soils and doing testing on site. And then it was after kind of three or four years of being in that role that I retrained and became a site engineer. And then things just progressed from there. But doing geography, there was a huge amount of women on the course. It was probably more women than guys. And I'm pretty sure now if I asked every single girl that was on that course, would you consider a career in construction? They would kind of look at me and say, what can you do with geography degree in construction? And the reality is you don't need to do a civil engineering degree to go into construction. There are so many different roles. And I think that's really important. I see a lot of media around getting people onto courses, which is great. But then you know, when they're on the course, opening them up and saying these are the positions that you can go into that that information doesn't really seem to feed through and like Paula said I think it's because we don't see women in these positions I think social media is having a huge impact on that which is really exciting but you know back 15 years ago it didn't exist I think actually my mom randomly said to me maybe you'd suit a career in construction and then I think it was like four years later I ended up completely out of the blue in construction just because one agency worker phoned me and said you know, your roles could be suited for this job. And I just thought I'd give it a go. So yeah, I think a lot of women that you speak to kind of land 
in construction rather than them follow it because they've seen other women. Yeah. Nick, can I make a key point as well that you specifically asked about degrees that actually to be in construction, you do not need to have a degree. There is different levels of roles that uh, that don't require that traditional route of, of A-level and degree. There's many routes to get there and they're not all academic. There's apprenticeships and, and vocational routes as well for people that are not academically inclined. That's a great point. Thanks for clarifying that. I think you're very clear the issue isn't getting qualified or getting the skills to go into the construction. It's the barrier into it. Um, so let's look at working on site. So when was the first time you sort of figured out you wanted to work on site in that type of specific role in the tools? Do you remember how old you were and what sort of shaped that decision? I can remember, and it was most certainly a long time before the other <laughs> ladies did. The first time I walked on site, I was 16 years old, and that was over 30 years ago. It was because I did an apprenticeship for the council, and I was extremely lucky to to go down that route. And within that route, I, I managed to get through every department, and even the departments that were generally office-based, like the design departments, mm-hmm. there was lots of site work. And we were privileged as part of a, an apprenticeship to actually go and visit the sites that were live, even if we weren't positioned there at the time that there were at an exciting point. I was climbing up structures and walking on rebar with some boots that, by the way, didn't fit me when I was 16. I was sort of similar. I did um, my first year engineering and absolutely hated it. Just thought it was a terrible course, found it really boring, uninteresting. And then I said I'd try and see what it was like in the actual real world. So I, it was a motorway upgrade happening just across my house. And I got a job in the structures department, probably similar to Paula. And I did a summer in the structures department, same thing, pouring concrete, doing rebar checks, working in materials labs and have to say, and absolutely loved it. And then from that, I could sort of tangibly see why, what I was learning and why I was learning it. So then I went back after that summer placement and threw myself into engineering and loved it from ever since. More the site-based role of it, seeing actually, yeah, the reasons why you're studying what you study. Yeah, I was 21, fresh out of university. Like I say, it was a, a short contract in a role that not many people know about. It's called construction quality assurance and predominantly within the landfill sector. I had <laughs> very little knowledge about landfill or anything really. And fresh with hard hat and high vis and boots landed on site and I remember there was a huge folder that I was given which basically described the whole role that I was supposed to do which was very important I was sat between the client and the contractor had to ensure that everything was done to the right spec for the environment agency and obviously with landfill there's a lot of problems that, that could occur so at 21 having to sit between a contractor and a client in a world that I'd never been in before with no other representation on site from the company that I was working for was really interesting and it was kind of thrown into the deep end but it was exciting I think the one thing that I'd say to people if they want to go into construction is sometimes you do get thrown into the deep end and it's the best way of learning for me it was kind of empowering to survive first week and then the second week and then just learn you can learn so much because it's such a fast-paced environment so yeah for me it was in at the deep end and kind of never looked back since I think you've all got some great stories and perspectives on that which is great so I'd like to go back to the first time you went on the site as a full-time employee and what you sort of I know Paul you touched on your first time on a site having shoes not fitting just as a female going to a construction site for a full-time job what was the vibe like who did you meet what was your sort of experience how did you feel 
What were you confronted about? Just general insights and commentary around that. So like Shell said, you know, it can be quite daunting. Every site's different, totally and utterly. And every site's full of lots of different people. And it's also full of lots of potential hazards as well. You know, things where you, you can't go and there is signage that say, do not do not enter here. I think scary, like, like Michelle said, you know, scary in at the deep end. There's very few days that are the same on site. And whether that's day one or closing out a job. So I think that sort of difference that you're not really going to know what you're facing that day, it never really goes away because it is such a fast pace. It is such a an environment that, that things need to get done and things happen, weather and, you know, you find things on site that you didn't expect on a drawing. I, I think the feeling is always that frisson of, uh, of excitement and that, that little bit of fear. But like Michelle said, you get that satisfaction that every day you've done something that that is exciting and that you've got through it. Did you feel as a, when you went on as a woman that you were supported, that you're, you had the right facilities available, you had the right sizing or things like that? Was that a... <laughs> So 30 years ago, facilities for men and women were were not what we get now. Now we get welfare units. And even if we're on uh, mobile sites, there's, there's ports, you know, welfare units with wheels that you can even make a cup of tea. Years ago, you were lucky if you had a port cabin and there certainly was no female toilets. <laughs> when I went on site, every single site I had to find local garages and other things, bus stations to actually use the toilets. And it just didn't. They just didn't exist. Nobody thought that there would be a female on site. And when they knew that you were there, it was like, oh, well, it's only one person. You can sort yourself out, can't you? It's very different now. It's the same with PPE. You just simply couldn't couldn't get PPE that fit. It just was impossible. I, I used to always have to wear three and four pairs of socks because my feet were always smaller than the men. It's much improved now. I even managed in my sort of last site job as highway structures manager where I used to go on MUPS, uh, mobile elevated work platforms, wear a harness. I discovered that there was such a thing as a, as a harness specifically for ladies that, that accounts for the lady bumps that um, boys don't have. And there's all sorts of other things that we can get now that, that didn't exist before. Well, that's quite a powerful introduction and walking into a site like that, it was very clear that this is a site for men and women don't belong here, whether it's passively or actively, but it's good to see that there's been major improvements and you know, I really commend you for sticking with it and pushing through because I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have lasted very long in those type of environments. Yeah, I think you touched on quite a few good points there, Paula. I mean, the one thing from my perspective, the same with you guys, even though that you, you know, you work for one company and you're probably going on a lot of different projects. For me, every day sometimes seems like a new day because I have worked for so many different contractors over the years being freelance. It's just the nature of the job. I've, I've been on long contracts. So, for example, I was on the Nottingham Tram quite a while, worked for the large companies and then right the way down to the smaller companies. What is interesting is the difference. So you talk about 30 years ago, there not being a female toilet. Unfortunately, there's still sites I go on. There's no female facilities. Um, and if there is, they're full of the toilet storage the toilet roll storage, storage and you have to like fight your way through brooms and mops <laughs> to, to get to use the toilet or unfortunately someone else has also got a master key for the toilet and is also helping themselves to it so yeah the brutal reality is I still think that we we are really far behind and that's down to different companies and different cultures that they have for me the talking about the experience of going on to site for the first time I still get that 
fear feeling um you know you've got it even though we've been in the industry for 15 years you have to prove yourself you do get the comments from new people i think with construction what's really important to note is that subcontractors everything's fast paced and changing and very rarely do you work with the same group of people unless you're kind of in a higher position or in management so i've worked with so many different people and it's a challenge you know every every site's different every culture in every company is different and no day is the same really so i think it's kind of exciting but it, it <laughs> you never you never kind of feel comfortable unless you're on a job with people that you're you know you're going to work for with alongside for six months etc so yeah i kind of i don't really get that comfort zone feeling i'm always kind of pushed out of it which is good thank you claire bobby the first site i went on to actually after i was fully qualified i worked in western australia actually in remote western australia and actually was on a, a mine site they were building a railway from a, the mine to the port so apart from the, the steering heat of 40 degrees it was quite an experience and talking about different ways and different places and how they deal with women on site. It definitely was anomaly and it wasn't necessarily, it was negative. Some people were very sort of surprised and wondered why I was here. Not in a bad way, but just why would you choose to come here? What reason have you that to, to be here? Whereas they wouldn't ask the same sort of male in my scenario why mm. they were there, which I suppose sometimes I find it hard because I try and stay positive about the fact that we have made progress and we are getting there. But sometimes I think as a female coming to site, I think it's difficult. You sort of you're not starting from zero. Sometimes you might be starting from a little bit behind zero or like a bit, good bit behind zero. And if you have a comparable male first female, like they male, not always, but oftentimes start on the zero line. You have to prove yourself from there. Whereas I think mm -hmm. sometimes I'm a bit behind the line and I have to work harder, prove myself more to get to the zero and then to progress further from that. So I think it is getting better, but I think there is still that way that you have to sort of prove yourself more and you have to be kind of going above and beyond in order to be sort of recognised the same way as say a male counterpart is, which is quite unfortunate, but I think it's the reality of the situation. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's sort of, you can push yourself. I'm sort of highly motivated. So it, for me, it actually is probably more motivation to prove people that I can do what I want and I know what I'm doing and I can, I can succeed in the career. Thank you all for that. So I guess touched on a few themes there, but what would you say, and again, this is a very broad, multi-layer question, but what's the biggest challenge for women in construction today? I think there's there's, a, there's quite a lot without wanting to sound too negative, but I think is changing perceptions, like we both touched on there, is, you know, sometimes I get so exhausted, but, you know, going to a job and having to prove myself, it's like the work speaks for itself. As a setting out engineer, you physically do the work and you're needed in terms of a gang that want work done there and then and and it's very visual so for example on one of the first jobs I ever had it was pinning out a road and I could hear the comments behind of oh this road's never going to get built etc etc and it was quite hard laborious work and I remember in my mind just thinking just pin this road out as quick and as accurate as you can just to prove yourself and and I did but it is it's exhausting and it's kind of the the challenge for me is is being able to go on site and prove very quickly that you can do the job um but also you know I question should we have to fight tooth and nail to get like Claire said to the point of zero um, because sometimes you don't even get to the point of zero. You're not even given a chance. So I think that can be quite challenging. 
it's different at different companies as you'll find there's a lot of companies where they're like for example one of my clients that I work with now is very progressive and the attitude is we don't really care who you are what you do it's all in the work and how your ability to work alongside others which is great so uh, yeah I think the biggest challenge is changing perceptions really I think it is changing the culture I think that find it so hard I think it is exhausting and caught like the unconscious bias and sort of taking people to task if they say something and sometimes I find it hard I don't want to become like angry and sort of raging at people and like people think it's the smallest thing but you're like it's not like if they have there's a team presentation and they have a clip art and it's 10 male and 10 like male and male stick men on it and you're like that's not very inclusive <laughs> for anybody like I'm like I know to you it's just a clip art from word or powerpoint but that yes. for me, I look at it and go, well, I don't feel very welcome here. Like, it seems so trivial. I think that's a difficult thing is that it seems so trivial, but that would sort of on a subliminal level that affects me and sort of grinds you down a bit, a bit. And you don't really want to be the angry person going, well, what, you need to change it. Uh, then again, if you don't start changing those small little things, I think to try and then that won't knock on to like bigger things, I think. Yeah. And if you're like a young grad female and you're there and you see the 10 stick men and you're like, well, how am I going to get ahead? Because that's what's above me and I'm not a man a male stickman so how am I going to get further yeah I have the same with this week it emails that come through you, you guys might have had it as well where it's just addressed gents gents and it, yeah and it's just like <laughs> so uh, unfortunately because the way I am and because people know me now that work with me I always just write back and like you said Clay you did there's a fine line of creating an issue that seems mm. so small but also realizing you have to do it you have to step up for the next generation and and for me I use humor that's the only way I can get through mm. it and I just address the email back and it's you know it's the clients and to senior to seniors but they know me and, and my email back is ladies <laughs> you know, sometimes it gets ignored and then sometimes it gets oh sorry yeah. Michelle but you know it's just it, it is those yeah. small micro things that over a huge amount of years or even on a project and you for us we can probably with the experience we can laugh it off and shrug it off or make a comment mm. like that but for like you said a graduate coming in it's really daunting because mm. they're not going to want to write something like I did or mm. like you say comment in a meeting when it's stick men that are up on the presentation not women yeah it's hard I mean how do you tackle those issues and I think you have to pick your fight yeah I mean I I, I echo both of what you said that basically that I think the biggest challenge is, is lots of small things and mm -hmm. that's not just females in construction. I've mm. also noticed sort of reading uh, some of the Black Lives Matters things mm. that it's the same there, that there's lots of stories of, of lots of drip feeding of, of small things. Mm -hmm. And also I was on the LBGTQ uh, Affinity Network last week and it was the same thing. It's language makes a big difference mm. and the lack of neutralised language mm. and it, it is exhausting when it's lots of little things like that because you do mm. feel as if should I pick it up and it isn't just for females in construction as I say it's for it's for mm. lots of different things and many people that do these things don't actually realize that that's what they're doing so I think the key thing is education and yeah. to actually sort of educate people that just that small thing that that using the word gents in in an email instead of just saying hello team <laughs> actually matters and the stick men thing Claire I've got a story mm. about that so I've just recently wrote some books for WES Women's Engineering ah. Society with the Lottie doll that's a that's a doll that normally you take into workplaces and take selfies with Lottie and show women in a variety of, of engineering situations and Lottie has her own little PPE and, and hard hat and things but I actually wrote a book and 
I'm no artist, so I did it with some the the, the word art and the 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 icons on word. And when I initially sent it in, the CEO of Wares actually said, "Could we? I know it, I know it's hard to find them, but can we actually make some of these little little stick people?" And actually, I ended up having to pretty much remove all of the icons with people in them because almost every single one was actually a stick man. Yeah. Doing everything. Yeah. And I I never realized that until about two or three weeks ago. But there is lots of little things that that do add up to a challenge that that, uh, those that are in privileged positions don't even realize exist. Couple of questions that we start to wrap up. What would be your advice to someone finishing high school, thinking about a career in construction, like a girl specifically? What would you say, particularly on the tools? What would be your advice or insight? I think that in um, schools, I think they should ask sort of questions. I know actually I got into an engineer, I didn't mention at the beginning, but my mother, she asked me whether I wanted to work inside, outside. Do I like working with people or not with people? Would I like to be in front of a desk? And I think that's sort of questions that young people in schools should ask themselves if they like being outside, do they like doing something tangible that they can see that they have like a product at the end of it, or they can walk past a building and say, I was part of that regeneration of that building, or I helped build it, or I helped design it. I think that that would be um, a question to ask as well as working with people. Cause I mean, construction, no matter if you're the main contractor or subcontractors, designers, you're all one team working towards a common goal. So I think that would be something to ask them to whether they like that and dynamic way of working as well that I know we talked before about the sort of the mixture of excitement and dread going on to construction site for the first time, but it is a very dynamic industry and also it's ever changing and ever you're always trying to trying to do something safer, more sustainable, quicker. You're trying to do it with um, better quality. So you're always a sort of that continuous improvement in the industry as well. That is a great challenge. Yeah, I'd say the same to anyone. I have a lot of people on Instagram ask me questions, younger folk, about whether they should take up a career in construction. My answer is always yes, even though, you know, it can be difficult and we do have all these issues that, that need to be ironed out, hopefully in the next couple of years. I know that's really hopeful. But I say the same as Claire, it's fast paced, it's exciting. And, you know, I wouldn't be here 15 years later if I didn't enjoy it. The one thing that I would say as well is, don't focus on the fact that you have to go to university. I think there's a lot of pressure there. Uh, I've had lots of apprentices work alongside me mm. over the years, and they're now engineers, probably better than I am. And, you know, they've, they've done a route where it suited them. So it was on site getting experience and then also going to college. And the same being said for when I've been on site, I've managed to chat to lots of different people and look at lots of different trades so you know I've had a go at bricklaying I've had a go at driving machines um, and it's all these kind of things that you know if you can get work experience I think that's really really important because you might go on a site and think I want to be a bricklayer and then you see a setting out engineer and you shadow them for a while and you think actually I, I want to do that so um, expose yourself to as, as much on site mm-hmm. as possible before choosing because you know my career has not been very linear I've I've done lots of different roles and that changes with age as well for example uh, just before I had my first child I stepped into project management and everyone says that you know as a site engineer it's good to do project management and I project managed a retail park and a petrol station and 
almost lost my mind and realized you have to be a certain breed of person to be a project manager it was great to do but it was not the experience for me and I'd say that to anyone don't feel like you have to take up one job you might train in one job and and go into the field doing that Mm. but construction has so much to offer so many different routes health and safety you know routes also roles that don't involve going to site so just try and explore those career paths as much as possible and don't be fearful there's there's a lot of us women out there that are supporting you and they're behind you so yeah please follow um follow the path into construction we need you i think i think that as well with the turn to leave that construction i think is changing as well i mean it, there is mm-hmm. flexible working i mean it can i mean i know some of mcalpine are sponsoring flexible i mean i had my first child went back like work flexibly got promoted got my chartership and then went on maternity leave again and i'm going back in november and working flexibly so it is possible it is the tide is changing and it, it is yeah. exciting that the industry is changing and we're moving towards that. So to be hopeful as well that there is a positive outlook for the industry. Yeah, definitely. And my advice to anybody that's, that's looking to start a career or restart a career in, in anything really is to look at the options, do your research online. There are plenty of websites out there that explain what construction is, what engineering mm. is. There are plenty of things where there's role models that you can read into their experiences. And there's also uh, sites that as well do sort of personality tests. So you can actually look at what Claire said, which is what do you enjoy doing? What do you like doing? And what do you think you'd be suited to from your skills and your preferences and the key thing is that life doesn't go to plan it isn't a single journey and so don't just set your heart on one thing because that one thing might not work out so just think of what you know that's plan a but do i have a plan b and a plan c as well because sometimes plan a just doesn't happen for one reason or another final question and finish on a fun one what's your favorite thing about working in construction the variety and the fact that it changes every day and that you don't get bored I think mine is everything is probably a combination of the people that you work with. That is a very team environment. The people you work with, I've worked with some great many people, both but personality and also knowledge wise. And probably then secondary as well is being able to walk past the building that you helped build and to have that proud moment where I, you can say to your family and friends, I helped, I helped build that. It's a great feeling. Yeah, I would second that sense of achievement. Um, my husband thinks it's very dull when every time I point out a Starbucks <laughs> that I've built or a petrol station, he's like, oh, come on. But no, there is a sense of achievement there. And for me, it's the people. You work with so many different people and it is, it, it's fun. It really is fun. Mm. I, you know, I document on social media everything that happens to me. The, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And my friends are often amazed and they sometimes call me on that. They're like, this did not happen. You know, this did not happen. And, and uh, you know, on the tools, you see lots of videos of funny things happen. And it's it's a great camaraderie on site. It's a wonderful environment to be in. And it's so fast paced that sometimes you, you don't get a chance to blink. And it's only when you really sit down. In fact, during lockdown, I kind of sat down and started writing a little bit of a book of um, what's happened over the last 15 years. And it, it's insane. It's, it would make, hopefully, for a good Hollywood film. It's, it, it's crazy. And I think it's, it's an environment that you are always going to be stimulated in. You're going to meet some fantastic people. So that, for me, is the um, is positive side of working in the industry. And, and also, the one thing that never gets mentioned, Nick, is um, money. I'm going to put it out there. Like, I think it's something that not many people touch on because we're, we're British and we think, oh, we shouldn't discuss money. But, you know, 
yeah, I've earned a very good amount of money over the years. I'm freelance, so I have my own business, but you potentially can earn a lot of money in, in, in any field of construction, whether it be on the tools, you know, bricklaying, joinery, anything like that. There's, there's so much scope to go for. And I think anyone that's out there that's looking at careers, you can earn a lot of money in construction, especially now. So that's also an incentive. Very well said. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. Thank you to Claire, Paula and Michelle for sharing your valuable insights and knowledge with us today. For more information on the topics we've discussed, please visit srm.com slash 1% campaign. And if you're looking to start a career in construction, please visit srm.com slash start hyphen your hyphen career. Finally, please tweet us at wearemacalpine. Join us next time as we chat to more talented women about their journeys in construction. Until then, thank you for listening.